Hello, this is our kitchen table. I love the kitchen table because this is where I get to eat and I love eating. Now, some time ago, we had some guests sitting right here for dinner with us and they were dist distinguished guests. Remember when we used to do things like that as a society? So the, the guests were here and when the meal was finished, we decided as a family that we wanted to play a fun game. And so we were just asking around if anybody had any ideas and, and my son who was sitting over here came up with the game of Would You Rather, which is a fun game. Our distinguished guests were not familiar with the game. And so Martin explained the game and then gave an example. Do you ever find yourself saying something and assuming and hoping that as you're talking, you don't know what you're saying, but as you're talking that the words will come. Well, for poor Martin, the words didn't come. Some words came, but they weren't exactly the words that he wanted. And so he was trying to give an example to explain how to play the Would You Rather game. And he started with an example of, okay, would you rather, and again, making up as he went along, would you rather have your arm ripped off or your leg ripped off? And it was so awkward because the, the, the guests were going, what kind of game is this? And the rest of the family is just staring at Martin. We're laughing our heads up. We're, we're actually crying as we watch him try to come up with this example. We are laughing our heads off and, and the whole thing, but Martin's embarrassed and he doesn't know how to back out of it. We are just, it, it was hysterical. You had to be there. You had to see the expressions on their faces and on my son's face. It was hysterical. You ever find yourself telling a story or a joke and you find it fun or, or hilarious, but you look at the faces of the other people and they're smiling and nodding, kind of like what you're doing, you know, with that story I just told. And then at the end of it, you just kind of say, well, you had to be there. You had to be there. Because it's funny for me, but, but I was there and you weren't there. This week is the last week of our growth journal, week 18. Sometimes in order to grow in our relationship with Jesus, we can't just hear about and learn things. We have to be there. We have to actually be there. We have to be engaged and present in some of the experiences that Jesus has for us. This is incredibly relevant for us right now because we are painfully aware of the difference between virtually being there with people and actually being there with people. That in order to experience the fullness of 2020 graduation or the fullness of a wedding or the fullness of the birth of a niece or a nephew or a grandchild or a great-grandchild, we need to be there. Sometimes you had to be there. As Greg said, this is Outreach Sunday, which means that every dollar that comes in this morning, unless you specifically identify it as something else, as general fund, it will go toward our outreach ministries. One of those ministries is Heart for Lebanon. It is very difficult to gain access to Muslims in terms of helping them understand who Jesus is. And so that's why Heart for Lebanon is just this amazing uh, ministry because the refugees from Syria are Muslim and they are pouring into Lebanon desperately in need of hope. Here's a story of one of those Muslim families.
Abdul used to be a violent child. I would often get complaints about him. He even hurt the animals. Nothing passed without harm coming from him. I was a very furious person, and I had an issue where part of my face was paralyzed and I couldn't eat properly. And this issue made my anger even worse. Everything changed when I came to the school and met Jesus Christ. Mr. Malad supported me to undergo treatments and heal. During that time, I called Heart for Lebanon, wondering what my child was learning and why he changed so much during this short period. Once, he threw down a kitten from the rooftop. Now, he wants to make a cat shelter so he can take care of the homeless cats. If he saw a child climbing up the stairs, he would punch them in the face. Now, he helps any child climb up the stairs. He really has compassion now. I never expected to see him change like that. What really brings me joy and hope is the presence of the Lord in my life and seeing my kids grow and pursue their dreams. I learned about the importance of prayer. My anger and fury went away and all the nervousness subsided. I let go of all the bad things, turned a new white page, and became a new person. I was reborn. It is wonderful to give generously towards the ministries of the church, to participate in this stuff. This stuff doesn't happen without you. It's awesome, but it's not enough. At some point in our journey with Jesus, we need to go. We need to be there. We have to hear the sounds of the Muslim prayers reverberating throughout the city of Beirut, amplified on these huge speakers. We have to, to see what it's like to live in these refugee tents, these professionals, many of them professionals from Syria coming with nothing and living in these hot tents. We have to feel what it's like to have, to have children in some of these areas where we get to go. They come and they just wrap their arms around our legs and just, just love on us as visitors and love us being there. Learning about what's happening around the world is great. Giving generously towards the ministries of the church is fantastic. But at some point, in some way, we need to be there. You had to be there. We have to see and smell and taste the world that God is calling us to love. 2,000 years ago, there was a guy named Paul who was a missionary. What that meant is he left Jerusalem and he traveled around the Mediterranean Sea telling people about Jesus. As a part of that journey, he had a love for the people of Rome and he wrote a letter to those folks. I want to read from Romans chapter 10. I'm reading from this uh, Bible that I found in the Lost and Found here at church. It's kind of a 70s psychedelic Bible, but it still counts. So if this is your Bible, it's in the Lost and Found. I want to make sure that you are aware of it. So Romans chapter 10 begins in verse 1. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. Then he jumps down in verse 9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. In other words, it, it really takes both. It's, it's not just about saying these magic words and then everything will be fine for eternity. We truly need to believe in what we're saying. And it's not just that we believe God is good, everything will be good. We have to confess that Jesus is Lord. What Paul is doing here is in the first nine chapters of this book, he's walking out what the problem is. The problem of sin separates us from God and clarifies that Jesus is the solution to that problem. And we must confess that Jesus is Lord. All right, all of this is a setup for verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? They refers to anyone who does not yet know that Jesus is Lord. It refers to the Muslims in Lebanon. It refers to the poor in Mexico. It refers to the people in uh, downtown Phoenix who not only need food, physical food, but they also need spiritual food. It also refers to your highly successful professional living next door. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. There is a time, there is a season where we need to go. We, we have to be there. Now I know that there are plenty of reasons not to go on any kind of mission trip. It's expensive. It's dangerous. I only get two weeks of vacation. The food is weird. I'll probably get sick. It's a long flight with no leg room. It's dirty. I'll get lice. Yes, there are plenty of reasons not to go, but there is one reason to go counterbalances all of our reasons not to go. And it's verse 1 from chapter 10 that I read earlier. Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Do you and I care about people in our community, about people around the world who do not yet know Jesus? That's what this is all about. Do we care whether or not they know Jesus? Is that our heart's desire. If so, then we have to go. We have to go be there in some way. The title of the message here this morning is Had to Be There. In the journal, it's on page 117. We have it printed here. Had to be there. That, that's the message here for week 18 of the Growth Journal. And this was created months ago, long before the pandemic, uh, etc. And so it's rather ironic to talk about had to be there at a time where we can't go anywhere. This is Stuart's house. He's my neighbor actually right across the street. Now this is going to sound crazy, but some time ago my son and I went over to his house and we watched the, uh, the college football championship game in, inside the house. We can't even go next door. This pandemic that we're experiencing, it just accentuates the point that I'm trying to make this morning. That it's, the, it's the value of actually being there with other people. Something happens when we interact from a distance, when we interact 
you know, socially distant. Something happens when we have our Zoom conversations where nobody is looking at anyone in the eye. Oh, good point. Oh, yeah. Oh, I really like what you have to say there. No one really knows where to look. Something happens with all of that stuff. But the really profound stuff in life, it happens when we're together. When we look at one another in the eye and we have an experience together, we, we go, we go somewhere. We are there. Which is why the one of the 12 discipleship experience that happens on Sunday nights, it's why that experience is not just about gathering and reading and studying and reading and studying. We go. We go and not just learn about what Jesus is doing in our lives. We go and we experience it. We go and we serve other people here in the city. We, this year we went to Rocky Point uh, as a group. Next year we plan to go to Lebanon. We have to be there. Hey, if you want to be part of the one of the 12 journey. Registration is open now for the fall. It's gonna run from August to December of uh, later on this year, you know, assuming that we can gather, etc. But registration is open right now and it is available. It is limited to 40 new spots. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, go to our website, mountainpark.org forward slash OOTT, one of the 12, and check that out. See if that's something that would be in line with what you're looking for in the fall. If you have any questions about that, you can just write them in the comments over there on the right, or you can contact us, email the church. You can email me directly. My email address is available on our website. There's something else that this pandemic teaches us about the value of being there. In 10 years, do you think you are going to remember the coronavirus? very likely. Do you think in the upcoming months and years that it is going to shape or affect our lives in some way? Do you think that businesses will function differently in some way because of the coronavirus? Very likely. What if the story was different? What if the virus was limited to China? And it was, it was a significant story in China. We heard about it and we read about it and we watched what happened over there in China. Would this pandemic have the same effect on you and me and how we live our lives? Probably not. We will remember 2020. We will remember the coronavirus because it happened to us, because we were there. It will affect how we live. It will shape some of our upcoming decisions because we were there, because we were part of it. We experienced it. Something happens when, when, the, when there's an incident over there. Something, there's some limited impact on us. But when it happens here, when it happens here to us, and we are there and we can smell and taste and feel it, there is tremendous impact. There's tremendous impact when we are actually there. As I said, this is the final week of our growth journal. And in this 18th week, the final week of all of our journals, we look at the role of servant. Realize your role in God's story. We are all called to be servants. Being a follower of Jesus is not just about accumulating information. It's not just about narrowing down our theology and getting it just right. We are here to serve. Ultimately, we are here to pick up a towel and go serve others. Jesus himself said, 
I did not come to be served, but to serve. So as I wrap up here this morning, let me just inform you of three ways that you can jump in and serve. First of all, you can participate in our outreach offering if you have not done so yet. Uh, here at Mountain Park, we are part of multiple organizations here in the city and around the world, and, and your outreach offering helps uh, all of the dollars go toward helping those ministries uh, here, this, here this Sunday. And so if you would like information about any of those ministries, please feel free to jump in on the Zoom conversation later this afternoon and ask your questions. So that's option number one. Option number two is that you can go here. You can go to your church here at Mountain Park and, and bring food and supplies to help those who are in need here in our city. There is an organization called Andre's House, not to be confused with DeAndre's House, that's, that's his own thing. There's an organization uh, called Andre's House that takes food and supplies and provides it for those in need. And they are desperately short of supplies right now. So this week, Monday through Friday, between the hours of 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., feel free to come by right out front here. There, there will be black bins assembled out front for you to come and drop off food and supplies. Supplies will include socks and shirts and uh, t-shirts and underwear. And as far as food, it'd be non-perishable food items. Uh, any of that would be incredibly useful for this organization. So that's one, two. And then the third thing is for you to prepare your heart, prepare your mind for the possibility of going somewhere, of participating in one of our mission trips. And we have multiple trips that roll through Rocky Point and Honduras and Lebanon and other parts of the, of the world and other opportunities here in the city for you to go and experience it. It is a great thing to be aware of what your church is doing and the different ministries that are going on here. It is a terrific thing to participate financially. But sometimes you had to be there. And I hope that you will experience the fullness of what it means to fully be there. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for the ministries here at Mountain Park. I thank you for the many years of, of passion that many different people have popped up and, and, and that's why we have so many different things that we're involved with more than I'm even aware of but God you are aware of all of it I thank you for the leaders I thank you for all of these ministries that we get to be part of and I pray that this, that this offering today would be honoring to you and that would continue to support these ministries I also pray for any uh, here this morning who are just feeling this nudge to say, I've got to go somewhere. I have to be there. God, would you meet us in, in, at that place? Would you nudge us? We want to respond to you. In the name of your son, we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. So thankful that you joined us here today. Have a fabulous week, and we will see you next time.